When Mahendri Solom, a maniacal scientist, is trying to create a new body for the disembodied brain of the evil Time Lord Morbius on the planet Khan, the Doctor and Sarah Jane must use all their cunning and wit to stop this from happening. Can they do it before it's too late with the help of the Sisterhood of Khan? This is the brain of Morbius. Welcome to Regenerated. happens on Khan without our knowledge. A Time Lord could live on Khan without your knowledge. What you place a barrier around his mind. What are you suggesting? Morbius was a Time Lord. Oh, that name again. I tell you, I saw his execution. I saw his body placed in the dispersal chamber. Nothing of Morbius, not the smallest atom still exists. Was Solon living on Khan at the time? I believe so. There were many on Khan then. They came from all across the galaxy to attend the trial of Morbius. A war criminal. A ruthless dictator, but with millions of fanatical followers and admirers. Riffraff and mercenaries. The army he brought to Khan was the scum of the galaxy. He promised them the elixir of life and immortality. Morbius betrayed our secret. Until then, only the Time Lords knew of the elixir. Now we have to remain constantly on guard against the entire cosmos. Hello everyone and welcome back to Regenerate. I'm Matt and I'm joined as always by my wonderful wife, Becky. Hello. And this week we have the brain of Morbius. Or is it the brain of Frankenstein? We'll get into that in a minute, I think. Well, no, because the Frankenstein was not the monster as the Doctor. I know, but it's just... So well, then surely it would be the brain of Solon. Okay, well, that, that joke doesn't kind of work, but okay. Anyway. Well, yeah, because Frankenstein was the inventor, not the monster. I know, he was the creator, not yeah. the monster. Anyway, before we get into that, it's been a little while, or, well, it's been a few days, um, since the announcement of uh, Shooty Gatwa as the new Doctor. And we put out uh, a sort of rushed episode, which has done quite well, so thank you for people who have been listening to that one. Also, um... I've got to admit, the uh, it seems that the overall fan support for him has been very positive. positive. Yeah, yeah, positive. Um, and I haven't really seen any, to be fair, I haven't seen no negativity. So that's a good thing. Uh, um, and I think now that, that sort of news has settled in, I think I think we're going to be in for a pleasant, a pleasant surprise. There's a, there's a lot of rumours going around at the minute, like that they're going to bring back the guy who did the um, the music. Yeah. During Russell T. Davis' uh, era, he sort yeah. of left when Russell T. Davis left, and then now rumored that he might come back. Now there's also a rumor that they're going to have a new Missy. Oh. Um, obviously we're not up to that bit at the minute, but Missy is the female version of the Master. Um, they might be recasting and going in a different direction. 
Um, so well, seeing so, basically, Missy then went ahead and was actually the master again. Yeah, so we'll have to see. I think it's going to be quite interesting um, to see him and his take on the Doctor. The rumour is, as we're recording this on the 12th of the 5th, which is a Thursday, uh, the announcement was on Sunday, just gone. When did you say 12th of May? Well, because I like to do it in numbers, Becky. Anyway, uh, the rumour is that next week they're going to start filming the next season. Yeah. Yeah. That's the rumour going around. So they obviously have got like an idea. And the other thing was is that they've known since February. So to be fair, I thought it was going to be a lot earlier than February. Um, A couple of months. I thought they probably would have known last year, but obviously not. And also they've said that there's a lot of red herrings that they threw out there. So I'm guessing that the David Tennant is a red herring and the Hugh Grant thing was a red herring oh, all along yeah. and they were feeding this information to take people off the scent but not being funny Shooty Gatwa was never really in the running and he sort of come out of left field and took us all by surprise well, yeah so yeah it's a positive step anyway this week is the brain of Morbius um, and talking about positivity I think from my point of view I think it's very positive for this one so 3rd or uh, 3rd of January to the 24th of January it's four episodes came in the poll at number 41 so it's still quite high and written by a Robin Bland again this is the second time we've had Doctor Who written by a pseudonym this is another pseudonym it's actually a pseudonym of Terence Dix and I looked into Terence Dix and I <laughs> couldn't see that he actually done anything else um, besides this I think also so why the... would you need a pseudonym well, if I you've already uh, written something in your normal name before, I don't. I don't really know. It's 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 a difficult one. Uh, the the production notes say that it's because um, uh, they use a pseudonym. It's a pseudonym of Terence Dix and Robert Holmes, uh, and because during the serial's writing, Dix was disappointed at Holmes's modifications to his original script. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. He um, basically he asked to be credited under some bland pseudonym, and that's where the name comes from, Robert Bland, uh, Robin Bland. So yeah, I don't know why they wanted to do a pseudonym, but it, it kind of is what it is. Um, this one was directed by uh, Christopher Barry. He's done quite a lot for Doctor Who, so we've got quite a bit to go through. So this is the Daleks episode one, two, four, and five: the Rescue, the Romans, Savages, Power of the Daleks, the Daemons, the Mutants. Robot and now Brain of Morbius, and this is like his second to last um, one that he directed. So he's done quite a lot. I think he's done the serial for every single Doctor now, by the looks of that. Yeah. So the four Doctors. Um, and yeah, so kicking it off, as always, Becky, we'd like to get your wordy critique at the very beginning. So hit us with your wittiness. What did you think of the Brain of Morbius? It was all right. It was all right. I thought you'd say something like very brainy. Or no. I don't know. The puns are quick, uh, slower on the uptake today. Mm, well, let's see, won't we? So, uh, the synopsis is quite short. Mad scientist Mahendri Solemn is building a body from spare parts to house the disembodied brain of the evil Time Lord Morbius. He fancies the Doctor's head as the final piece. So that, again, nutshell... The story for this one, I think, is actually really clever. The doctor's head wouldn't have been able to go on that body because... Well, it would have looked a bit strange, yes. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, this what this story does lend a Head lot. Was too big. Like I said, lends a lot to the Frankenstein story about a monster being created, and mm-hmm. I think the atmosphere in this one is very much like that as well, with like the thunder and lightning and and the manicness. I think you know, there's also like um, a sort of uh, uh, what's that? Uh, it's not really a henchman. He's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of like the, the sort of dim-witted assistant like we have in Frankenstein. We get Igor. Uh, in this one, we get Kondo. So it's kind he of... He sort of looked a bit like David Williams. I don't know. I didn't really didn't really sort of notice what he looked like, to be honest. I did. What with the monobrow? Hmm. So... It sort of reminds me of... What's that? Um... Andy, from when he plays Andy in Little Britain. Andy? Oh, uh, Matt Lucas. No, that is David Williams. Yeah. Andy. I thought it was... Um, isn't he? Isn't Andy the one who's in the wheelchair? Oh, what's the other one then? Lou. Lou. Yeah, Lou's David Williams. Andy yeah, is he's Matt sort of, Lucas. Uh, well, yeah, the character just sort of reminds me of mm. him. So uh, the setting of this one is the planet. So we know it's the planet Khan, uh, and I just kept thinking of Star Trek and the <laughs> Rafa Khan. Uh, but also, this is um, a quite interesting story because we get introduced to uh, this sort, sort of like uh, is it a sort of religious sect? I don't really know. It kind of are. They're called the Sisterhood of Khan, and for the anniversary, they actually did a little like sort of uh, short. With mm-hmm. uh, Paul McGann, who's the eighth Doctor, and the Sisters of Khan, they sort of bring them back. So they're kind of like a sort of uh, not really overly rememberable, but it's quite interesting that they brought them back in that one. So yeah, that's quite an interesting thing. And they're sort of guarding this thing they called the uh, Elixir of Life, which is produced by the Flame of Life. Was it Elixir of Life? I don't really know. They call yeah. it an Elixir, which is supposed to give them everlasting. Uh, life they think that the time lords are after it there's a sort of it's kind of like a prophecy i don't know they kind of sort of say that it's been ordained or whatever it is that the time lords would be coming for this elixir obviously the doctor lands with sarah jane on this planet they think that he's there for the elixir but he's kind of at the beginning, they kind of foreshadow a little bit about the Time Lords because we don't know when he steps out of the TARDIS that it's actually the Time Lords, a uh, Time Lords story. Yeah. He kind of comes out, blames the Time Lords for meddling once again, bringing him here, and then obviously that is sort of thread through the episodes is that actually it's a Time Lords centered story. There, uh, I being that this shock horror, Morbius, as the title says, and we said about this last week about the title should it be you know should the actual story be in the title and again this is another one here the brain of morbius we actually do get to see the brain of morbius so it kind of they kind of give it away um in the title like i said basically solemn wants to build um a body out of bits of pieces of people and insects and stuff like that to house morbius's brain uh, as he says, targeters targets the doctor's brain as the ideal sort of um, vessel, shall we say, for this brain. And 
there's quite a few throwbacks I found in this one as well. One being the word mutt from uh, the Doctor, uh, the Third Doctor's The Mutants serial. Uh, we get to see, from what I can tell, he's saying that it's kind of one of these mutts from that I, I thought serial? he actually meant a mongrel. No, he, he sort of says it's like a mutt, uh, um, like one of them sort of, uh, I can't remember what the, what the actual, it's, a, it's like, a, what is it called when it's like, um, it's not an anagram because is it an anagram where it's like what? each letter is something. I can't remember. Like unit, unit is not their name. It's like United Nations, whatever it is, international, whatever. I, I, I can't remember what the actual thing is, but they're kind of the word mutt is kind of like mutant. You know, the U and the TT are, are words. I think so. It's sort of like a. Sort of thing that they call. I don't him. know. I don't know. Confusing me. Anyway, it's a throwback. Anyway, to to the Doctor's uh, third outing, the mutants. Um, there is another throwback as well later on, which I will go through my notes. I'll find out. Uh, so yeah, so like I said, the Doctors and Sarah Jane arrive. They think that the Time Lords are basically interfering. The Doctor gets into a little bit of a sulk here, whereas Sarah Jane decides to go exploring the new surroundings where she finds that all these ships have been crashed. We subsequently find out that it's actually the sisters of uh, sisterhood of Khan that are actually doing this because they don't want anyone stealing their elixir. The Doctor is kind of playing with a sort of yo-yo. He's done this a few times. He's now doing it again. Um, he goes up to the TARDIS and gives it a little bit of a clean, which I think is quite a, a little funny moment as well. When he hears Sarah Jane scream in the distance, he goes running to find this beheaded mutt thing, um, which we found, uh, which we saw at the very beginning of the serial. It was actually Solemn and Kondo who actually beheaded this thing because, like I said, they're trying to find a head to house this brain. Obviously, the insect's brain is uh, the insect's head isn't the ideal vessel for the brain. Um, they see this like building, which we get. It's described as a castle later on. It doesn't really look like a castle. It just looks like a creepy house in the distance. They end up there. It's obviously Solemn's um, laboratory. And this is where, obviously, we get a little bit of the background story of the planet and how he came here. Um, I think we get a bit of background to Morbius here as well. Um, yeah, because Solemn was actually at his... Um, demise. Mm, yes. And obviously kept the brain. I thought that when the Doctor arrived at this castle, there's a really good rain and lightning effect. I think they did really well here. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I bet to say that the whole serial is done on studio. You can really tell it's a studio. When you go from like um, outside, uh, you know, when they do like footage outside and then you go into a studio, you can definitely see the difference. Uh, like the stone is very wooden when they're walking on it or then they're touching like rocks they're very like polystyrene sort of thing and it, it kind of has that sort of classic charm to it this one does with the sets and that sort mm. of thing um, also I think the monsters they kind of have that classic charm as well when we see what actually happens to Morbius in the end it's kind of like I don't know I, I, maybe it's a bit of an it's not really overly iconic monster but it's definitely one that stands in people's minds when they think about doctor who um or they think about tom baker's run as doctor as a doctor so he ends up sort of 
arriving at the building, the like I said, there's a third Doctor throwback here where I think he says about when he's questioned about his head um, by uh, Solemn, he kind of says, oh, I had a grey one once or something like that. He said the last one was grey. So there's a little bit of a throwback to the mm. fourth Doctor there. We find out, obviously, that his name is Mahendri Solemn and then the sisterhood um, sort of have this ability to transport. So they end up transporting the TARDIS to their sort of uh, shrine and then they end up uh, transporting the Doctor as well when he becomes drugged by Solemn. Uh, Sarah Jane, she's kind of... It's interesting here how Sarah Jane's a bit of the smarter one here because he sort of... Uh, Solemn sort of uh, chews out Condor here for the wine and there's kind of like a hint-hint thing here and then the, Sarah Jane sort of pours her wine out while the Doctor drinks it and gets drugged and then she acts as if she's drugged and then she obviously goes off to try and um, rescue the Doctor but like I said he's teleported by the Sisters of Khan and then Sarah Jane stumbles across this insect type creature with like uh, a human arm which we then find out later on is Condor's arm because he actually has its hook arm yep. so he kind of is very very uh, Captain Hook in this one yeah, he's kind of got the eye patch and uh, a hook for an arm. All he needs is a peg leg. Um, that was like that's like the end of episode one. So episode two, they the doctor um ends up having a conversation with the head of the sisterhood, which is called Malen. Malen, and we find out that the doctor is how old. 749. That's it, so he's very old. Although he says he's not very old at all. So, yeah, we've actually get like the sort of um, an age now. Like I say, we get a bit more lore behind Morbius. He was actually a Time Lord, a bit like the Master, really. A bit of a renegade, rogue Time Lord who's obviously run amok. He ended up getting, I think they didn't say they had a trial, I think, and he ended up getting basically disembodied and his bits were scattered throughout space. Obviously, yeah, as we know, Solemn was actually on the planet at the at the time, and he actually sort of obviously saved his brain. And the Doctor is then basically accused of being there to steal the elixir. He is to be sacrificed, only for then Solemn to interrupt this, because obviously he needs his brain. This gives well, they tied ch- him up pretty crap, though. Well, they do. That's a bit like in the last serial, The Ambassadors of Death. Uh, I keep saying that. I've said that. That's the second time I've said that. I said that on the uh, Shooty Gatwire podcast. I called it the Ambassador's Address. It's not. It's the Android Invasion. In the Android Invasion, they kind of tied him up really rubbish as well, using Ivy. So that is kind of um, a running theme with Doctor Who, is that they don't really tie people up very well. Um, Well, no, because the way they tied him up at the top, his arms, he could have just wriggled out. So Sarah Jane ends up um going to the shrine where she helps the doctor uh to escape but in the ensuing she could easily lifted it up and then put your head for it mm. so in the ensuing um sort of um escape the uh head of the sisterhood uses this sort of like ring which ends up blinding uh Sarah Jane it's only temporary but at the time we don't really know that uh, uh solemn 
as the doctor and Sarah Jane escape, they take uh, he takes Sarah Jane to Solemn to examine her retinas, where he says that they've basically been destroyed and they need this elixir that the, the sisterhood have got. Sarah Jane then hears this sort of moaning noise, which is basically Morbius, where she follows the sound and then she finds the brain. Now, the brain in the jar reminded me of Red Dwarf a little bit. Uh, obviously this come before, but there's an episode of Red Dwarf where Lister is in the jar and his brain is sort of in the jar. So I don't remember it that. that at all. Well, it's in season six. Oh, um, and also, I think it's a very good effect that, and it's a very good prop, and they've mm. really thought about that as well. Because you said, where are the vocal cords? Because he's speaking. And they actually did have vocal cords. I think it was really, really clever that mm. they had this sort of stretched sort of... Um, cell thingy and as he spoke it sort of vibrated a little bit yeah and i thought that's really really clever i think the brain effect was really really good as well being in the jar and being the bubbling and all that i just think it was a really 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 good um effect i've got to admit recently doctor who the classic era has really knocked the effects out the wit at the park here yeah. they're really doing really well yes the monsters are a little bit sort of you know polystyrene and bits of like sticky back plastic but some of the effects are just really, really good, and this one is no, uh, there's no difference. So in episode three, uh, Sarah Jane ends up locking Solemn in that room, that lab with the brain, where the doctor, uh, while the doctor has gone back to the sisterhood to get that elixir, Sarah Jane ends up sort of struggling, stumbling around because obviously she's blind. She actually, I've got to admit, Elizabeth Sladen did a really good job here with her blind acting. You know, it wasn't really forced. You know, I hate it when people sort of act blind and they're sort of, it's kind, they've kind of got like this third eye where they can see things and they kind of, they don't stumble around and they can kind of traverse the landscape quite easily. But I think she did really, really well at acting this. And it's kind of believable, I thought. I don't know about you. What would you What did you think about What's Elizabeth Sladen's? People, people are blind always say, you know, they're familiar with their own surroundings. So the fact that's not her own surroundings, she'd be, you know, out of touch anyway. Yeah, so she would be stumbling around yeah. and knocking into things. She's knocked into a chair. She stumbled up the stairs, you know, stumbled up the rocks. I just thought it was really, really I'm clever. I'm not blind, really but I still do that. But yeah, she goes, obviously, after the Doctor to try and try to warn him that Solemn tricked the Doctor because she overheard him say it. Um, she She's struggling to go back to find the Doctor. She bumps into Condor. Uh, Kondo, who ends up taking her back to Solemn. The Doctor then offers to help restore this flame of life because the Sisterhood is basically saying that the flame of life is dying out. It's getting smaller and smaller every time. He ends up just basically just throwing something into it and then it gets big again. He just basically says it was soot all along. Again, in that sort of Tom Baker-esque Doctor sort of comedic moment. In English, clean your chimneys. Yeah, basically. Then we get... uh, Morbius talking to Solemn and he says about a brain case which Solemn then produces. What did you think of the brain case? What's with the dodgy antennas? It looked like a brain case or a snail. Well, I thought it was like it's, it's supposed to be Morbius's eyes. Yeah. They're kind of like funnels with a red sort of... Yeah, but why not just have the them on the actual just the case? You know, why need have the need for antennas? It's not a Dalek. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange thing, isn't it? You know, the look of it is kind of weird. Um, why make the case see-through? You know, it's obviously so they can reuse the brain prop 
to full effect, yeah. you know. Um, anyway, uh, Solemn sort of insists that we don't kind of do this because it's obviously not tested enough. But Morbius insists, and they end up doing this operation where Condor sees this body with his arm and sort of starts to go a bit manic, basically, that he hasn't got his arm. Again, like in, what episode was it? It was the Pyramids of Mars. I said there was a massive squib effect, which is basically when a gun goes off, they put a little like electrical sort of gunpowdery charge on the actor and it sort of makes an explosion like yeah. a bullet hole. This was a massive squib onto the actor who plays Condor. And and to be fair, it should have just ripped his insides apart. But he ends up getting shot a few more times. Surviving. I don't yeah, know how he survives all that. Right, because he gets... I don't know, did you even count how many times he got shot? He got shot about four or five times in the guts. Yeah, normally so, you'd be, they'd be trailing along behind you. Anyway, they sort of have this little bit of struggle where... Uh, Morbius's brain ends up falling out of the jar, doesn't it? And then on the floor, yeah. and then it ends up getting put into the um, the uh, the brain case. But uh, he kind of needs Sarah Jane's help at this point as well. He says that he doesn't really know if this is going to work because it's fallen on the floor. It might have done some sort of cerebral damage to the brain, and that's not really anything to you know. We don't really know as. He's sort of operating the, is it the bell rings? I think his doorbell rings, leaving yeah. Sarah Jane with this uh, this creature, which ends up getting up and sort of attacking her. And that's kind of the end of episode three. So the last episode is that, which they did a cheap, they did a cheap cliffhanger here, I think, because in episode three's cliffhanger, uh, Morbius kind of gets off the table, starts attacking Sarah Jane, there's a bit of a scream and all that. And then we go into cliffhanger, the, the reprise of the cliffhanger for episode four, where before he attacks her, Sarah Jane goes, oh, I've got my eyesight back. And they didn't do that in the cliffhanger for three. And mm. I thought it was a little bit of a cheap cliffhanger, that. But anyway, she got her sight back, and that's how she's able to sort of evade Morbius. The Sisterhood has uh, delivered the Doctor to uh, Solemn. This is kind of like a little trick, um, I think, just to get him sort of to get him back into the lab again. Morbius ends up attacking the Doctor and stalking Sarah Jane, only for then Kondu to save and attack Morbius. He ends up getting killed, and then Morbius ends up going out into the, like, sort of the, outer, um, the outer planet. Solemn and the Doctor end up pursuing Morbius, where he has attacked uh, one of the Sisterhood, which I thought was quite brutal, to be honest. I know it's like I know it's the seventies. I know it's a creature, but it's yeah. a hum it's a it's a male brain and it kind of to me I know it's like gotta be politically correct and everything, but it kind of was quite vicious that he attacked a woman like that, you know, and killed a woman. It kind of you know, nowadays, you know, it's like sort of you see crime dramas and all that sort of stuff and we see this now. But back in seventies, I think it was a little bit I think it's really near the mark about that it was we're supposed to think it's a creature mm. it's not a male it's not it's it's gender neutral basically but i do think it's quite an interesting premise that he did actually get his like sort of claw thing around her throat as well and sort of kill her that way i think it's quite a bit barbaric for doctor who to be fair i don't know listeners let me know in the comments what do you think um in the end they end up stunning uh morbius and then taking him back to the lab 
and the doctor and Sarah Jane end up getting locked into his lab by Solemn, where they have to make a cyanide gas to knock out Solemn. This is where uh, Morbius finally gets finished for proper, should I say, because he gets like his voice back and he's able to reason. He ends up getting inside the lab with Doctor and Sarah Jane, and this is where the Doctor offers to have like a sort of a game of mind bending because it's the thing that the Time Lords can do. They have they so happen to have a mind bending device in the lab, which I thought was quite convenient. To be fair, they end up having this sort of. Um, Sort yeah, of... but Morbius was there before Solemn was. Mm. Yeah, uh, they kind of had this to and fro thing where there's a little bit. We mentioned it on the. Uh, we mentioned it when we were watching it. It's kind of like on the subtitles for the actual serial, it says that uh, Sarah Jane says the word Tom. But according to the show notes, she actually stammers Doctor, but it sounds a lot like Tom. I don't know how they can both sound the same when one starts with a T, one starts with a D. I suppose you could say they're quite similar. But yeah, it could be a bit of yeah, a continuity there. Dom. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a just one to note. Anyway, it ends up blowing Morbius's mind where he runs amok. He ends up getting cornered by the sisterhood and ends up over the cliff and to his doom. And if you watch it slowly, you can see that the glass or the plastic sort of brain jar thingy falls off and he obviously falls onto crash mats. So you can kind of see it. it's a bit of a poor one, to be honest. Should have put the crash mats a bit lower, to be honest, so he couldn't really see that bit. But anyway, they end up uh, using the elixir life on the doctor because obviously his brain has been affected by this mind bending and it ends up being the last of the elixir and then Marlin ends up dying I don't yeah. really know, sort of disappearing whatever, she ends up going into the flame Mirren. of life, Mirren is it, sorry Mirren, she ends up going Mirren. into the flame of life, what was that? Mirren, Mirren, okay Mirren then you know what I'm like with my words. I like to make them up. Yeah, we know. Anyway, and in the very end, they end up leaving in the TARDIS with a bit of an abrupt ending. So I think he says that they've got like they've got a, dest- a date with destiny or something. They've got something to do, and it's kind of like they've been summoned. It was quite a strange ending. We'll find out obviously if this gets reprised in Seeds of Doom, which is or Seeds of Death, is it? I can't remember without looking at my book. Let's have a look. It's a uh, Seeds of Doom, so I don't know if it gets uh, picked up in that one, but. I don't really. We'll have to see. So, brain of Morbius, Becky. What did you think of it? Except for your little one-worded answer at the beginning. Weren't too bad, I suppose. Weren't too bad. I think it's my favourite one of the season so far. I think it's a nice contained story. It has definitely got Frankenstein sort of esque moments in it. It's definitely got undertones of that Frankenstein story. Um. And I think it's it works really well. I think when Doctor Who do these sort of... It's a different story for me. It's a different type of story to what they have been doing. Um, recently, we're like, you know, aliens from Mars or, you know, um, mummies from Mars or whatever. You know, it's, it's a very different type of story, I find. It's sort of gothic horror type thing. And I think it works really, really well. I think Tom Baker's Doctor really lends really well to this type of story. Again, Elizabeth Slade and Sarah Jane, I think she hits out of the park in this one. Yeah, there's a couple of moments where she's a little bit whiny. But wouldn't you be if you lost your sight? You know, it's it's one of them things where, again, she is being the most valuable player of the actual serials now because she's really helping the Doctor. Like, 
like she didn't get fooled by the wine, you know, whereas the doctor did. She saved the doctor on multiple times. She's definitely become like his main the main player now in all his adventures. So it's yeah, it's nice to see that. Um Mark Campbell's episode guide uh, a flawless spoof of Frankenstein, like we said, notably for its unflinching horror and graphic depiction of violence. So it's quite interesting that he says yeah. that. And I didn't, I, I haven't actually read his verdict yet. Phil Maddox is dynamite. A 10 out of 10. So yeah, while, before we get onto the rating, um, Philip, uh, Philip Maddox. Uh, yes, I did say that I do my research and I didn't. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's been in Doctor Who before a, a, a couple of times now. This is probably his crowning moment, I would say, because he's just, yeah, he's just a brilliant actor and he's just really good in this role so uh philip maddox was in doctor who a couple of times before he was in the crotons as elik he was in the war games as the warlord and he is now in the brain of morbius as mahendri solemn and apparently according to his filmography he's actually going to be in another one as well so he's going to be in it four times and also uh, another little side note which will lead into uh, subscription as well he was actually in the Daleks invasion of Earth 2150 AD so he's actually in the film as well um, quite interesting he's kind of really is like a, a numbnai is that the word yeah. uh, of Doctor Who isn't he he's been in quite a lot uh, yeah. he, is a, he is a phenomenal actor and obviously people will remember him probably more so than uh, for Doctor Who they'll probably remember him more for Dad's Army because he played the uh, the German commander with the um with obviously one of the most famous jokes out of that which is the Hitler song yep and the what is your name don't tell him Pike Pike that sort of that that joke he is going to be well known for that so uh, he died in 2012 I like his song would you like to sing it for the listeners no okay then we'll just leave it there then so if you wish to uh, if you wish to hear the song it will be on YouTube somewhere yep so maybe if we get some some subscribers we can get her to do the uh, the song on the subscription episodes there we go so yeah philip maddox he's really good he was really good as the warlord to be fair as in the war games i really liked him i don't think he was that great he wasn't really that shining in the crotons but this one is really i think so far this is the best role he's had obviously this is one's center stage he is the main villain the main character of the piece so yeah, he's obviously going to be, uh, it is obviously going to be his best role um, to date. So, um, yeah, I, like I say, I'm really, really happy. 10 out of 10, Becky, what would you say? Nope. You wouldn't say it's a 10 out of 10. What What would you? What number would you give it? Seven. Give it a seven. No, I'd give it a little bit higher than that. I think it's not, I think it's not a seven to be fair. I you think it's asked more of my an opinion. Eight. I think I it's more of an eight, maybe an 8.5, nearly yep. to a nine. It's definitely my favourite one of the season so far out of all it's sin. Um, I'd stretch to a 7.5 at best. See, it's like getting blown out of stone with you, Becky. It really is at times yep. to get the uh, to get the high ratings. I think you've only ever given one. So, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this season, Terror of the Zygons, Planet of Evil, Pyramids of Mars... Uh, the Android Invasion and uh, the Brain of Morbius. Uh, yeah, this is definitely my favourite. Closely followed by the Android Invasion. I like that one as well. So next week's The Seeds of Doom. Uh, this one is a six-parter, so it's a little bit extended 
uh, next week. Um, and then it's rounding off the season uh, four, no, 13. And then we'll have a week's break. Also next week, we're actually going to see, or I don't know if you're going to see it. You might kind of see it, kind of participate. I don't really know. What, what, well, until we get there, we don't really know. Uh, we're going to see the Doctor Who Time Fracture in London. Uh, that should be really, really fun and exciting. But we will have an episode out before that. Then we'll have our week break. So I said we'll have it after every season. We'll have a week break. Uh, and then we'll be back with season 14. But uh, like I said in the last, uh, on the Android Invasion, if there, uh, and like I said, ironically, that came out on the Sunday and then they announced Doctor the new Doctor on the Sunday. So in that episode, I said if there was any news, then we would do one. And it so happened to be that day. But I don't think there'll be any more news now. I think that's kind of it. We now know who the Doctor is for now. Uh, so we're not going to do any impromptu podcasts during the week. But anyway, so uh, I think we'll round up there. Although, I don't know. Are we planning on doing one as a review of the Time Fracture or not? Well, I don't... Uh, I, I'm not going to particularly do a review of like a whole episode of Time Fracture. Time Fracture. I'm not going to spoil it. It's going to be a non-spoiler podcast. Uh, review because it's not fair on people who well, are going to see it and that. Mean, um, yeah. so i think when we uh come back we'll have our week we'll have the week break in between the seasons and then when we come back we will go into the first obviously the first episode of season 14 and we'll do a little mini review as well i think a time fracture as well when we sort of processed what 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 we went through <laughs> shall we say oh so. more of basically whether I feel like a total tit doing it and how many drinks it takes to actually not feel like a tit. It's all about the fun, Becky. It's all about, like, experiencing Doctor Who as close to reality as I you can. I don't even dance in public, so... Well, you never know. Get a few sherbets down you and you might be dancing at Time Fracture. Sherbet? What are you on about sherbet? <laughs> it's, just, it's just a little... I don't know. I eat a lot of sherbet. And know. that don't even get me anywhere. Anyway, so thank you all for listening. Uh, all the links are in the description. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook, although mainly on Twitter. And we'll catch you next week. Also, to say, look, say uh, the subscription is there if you need. Uh, if you, the subscription is there if you want to subscribe for exclusive episodes. Content. Yep. Which which one we are actually going to do? I think we're going to do it in that week break. I think. Yeah. Um, and then. Obviously, we will release that episode after the subscription, um, but it will be, you know, a, a couple of months, I think, or a month or two um, after it goes to subscribers. So, anyway, I think we'll leave it there. So, I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye bye. Goodbye.